Hello and welcome to 90 Minute Waffle. This is the podcast where essentially we shall be talking about all things Premier League related. We should also be talking about some transfer rumors, some cup games once they come about the Carabao Cup quarterfinals start today, and FA Cup, and then transfer rumors once they come about, and Champions League fixtures of the Premier League sides once they come about as well. So, I am your host, Hamza. Hopefully, all of you guys, I can provide you guys a very enjoyable experience through these podcasts. But, please, please, please do share this. And also, uh, let me know. My socials will be in the uh, description box of this podcast. So, just let me know on things, more things you'd like to see within these podcasts. Uh, so without further ado, let's right, let's hop right into it as we are going to be talking about game week 13 and game week 14 of this season's Premier League. And it, the season is going mad fast. December, January, just games, boom, games there, games here, games everywhere. By the way, you might be wondering, where the hell have I been for the past 13 game weeks? And why was this podcast not open uh, 13 game weeks ago? Essentially, I've been really busy. I've had exams not too long ago. And then I just sort of had to got my life back on track. Stuff like that. Regardless, let's get into it, shall we? Game week 13 kicked off with Wolves versus Chelsea. This week we had two game weeks. One at the start, one at the end. Wolves versus Chelsea. Some highlights from it. Chuba had a corner and Jude headed it over. Pedro Neto had an outside-the-box shot. Kurt Zuma hit the crossbar. And Rui Patricio could uh, nearly, just nearly, was inches away, saved a Giroud bullet of a shot. Fabio Silva nearly equalized, but it was ruled offside. Uh, Daniel Podence scored a brilliant goal, twisting and turning two defenders. And then Pedro Neto won a penalty, but VAR overturned it. And then Neto scored a stunning counter-attack goal. Wolves win 2-1. This was Chelsea's second defeat in a row after they lost to Everton the previous week. Overall, uh, this is what we should see from Wolves week in and week out. If we see this from them, they're a genuine contender for the Champions League places, in my idea. But it the thing with Wolves is there's too much inconsistency of results. They did lose to Burnley uh, two or two days ago, or one day ago, one of the two. One or two days ago, they lost to Burnley. And the previous week, they just beat Chelsea. It's very inconsistent on Wolves' behalf, which doesn't really make them a challenger for Europe. I still think they'll be in and around the last spot of the Europa League come the end of the season. But yeah, Champions League is a bit too far. I'd love to see Wolves in the Champions League. I think Wolves are really dark horses they enter the Champions League because they have such exciting players. Podence, Fabio Silva, Raul Jimenez, Joao Moutinho, Ruben Neves with his outside-the-box shots. They're a beauty to watch. So yeah, more consistency needed from Wolves. And Chelsea need to know how to properly batter teams. I think 
we should give them a pass this season considering the fact they brought in seven or eight players this season and it's very difficult for the team to gel and the word go. You can't expect them to be title contenders straight away. I think they'll finish in the Champions League really comfortably. But next year, we can talk about uh, Chelsea properly challenging for the Premier League. West Brom to command City next. Man City, who are trying to escape their poor form in front of goal against a West Brom tie, who know they will, well, for them, it's all about survival this season. However, Man City's frustrations in front of goal continued. Gundogan scored the first attempt on target via a sterling assist, uh, but poor defending on City's behalf, which is rare this season, considering the fact that one of Guardiola's main criticisms over the past two uh, seasons were his side's defending. But with the addition of Ruben Diaz, it has helped really. Uh, it has helped them a lot, and with the revived form of John Stones, who I personally think is City's best player this season. They've had a really solid back line. I'm Eric Laporte. I don't know what's going to happen with him. Is he going to get sold? Who knows? I wouldn't want him to be sold. I think him, Stones and Ruben Diaz at the back as centre-back partners, switching them in and out. Eric Garcia if he stays or then bringing in Taylor Harwood Bellis as the fourth choice and then Nathaniel Ake who goes part from Bournemouth. I think that's a solid centre-back uh, combinations that you can have there. Ake Stones, Ake Garcia, Diaz Laporte, Diaz Stones, Diaz Garcia, Hardwood Bellis, Laporte, too many sick combinations there. But Manchester City are lacking in front of goal. Gordon had an overhead kick, but it was not close. Aguero was off balance and sliced the ball wide. And then Gunther had missed an absolute sitter of a header, which he should have scored. City are desperately missing David Silva. I think I read somewhere the other day that it was David Silva and Kevin De Bruyne previously were the main creators. Kevin De Bruyne did create. However, David Silva had much more of the ball than Kevin De Bruyne did. So then... Uh, essentially, David Silva would build the ball up and then find the pass. Kevin De Bruyne would receive the ball and then find the pass. Both of them were excellent at it, but David Silva did more of the passing uh, from the back to the front. Arsenal versus Southampton. Arguably one of the most disappointing teams this season. Arsenal took on arguably one of the Dark horses to finish in Europe this season, as a matter of fact. Southampton, Ralph Hasenhutl has been excellent this season. Che Adams, who was bought from a team which I cannot remember right now, is the championship side. Sorry, Che Adams' former club. But Che Adams has had a revived uh, career as of late. His last season, he was pretty tragic. But this season, he's gone up on level. James Ward-Prowse is having an excellent season and Yannick Vestergaard is having a fantastic season as well. Kyle Walker-Peters, Alex McCarthy, you can say that about so many people within this Southampton side. They took on a struggling Arsenal side 
Mikel Arteta has got people who are unhappy within the camp. Mikel Arteta has got mm, a lack of creative players that can supply to Aubameyang. is just a mess currently at Arsenal. In this game, Che Adams had a, given a brilliant ball to see a Walcott for Saints' first goal. He was 1-0 to the Saints. Of course, Theo Walcott scores. And then we had an outstanding... This goal was an outstanding counter-attack goal. Then Saka was the only real light in this game for Arsenal. He, I think, should move to uh, Liverpool. Him in Liverpool as a backup to Salah, Mane, Firmino, with Takumi Minamino and... Uh, Divock Origi, Jordan Shakiri, uh, Diogo Jota. It's disappointing that he ha- has been injured this season after an excellent start to the season. Liverpool would be champions for the next five years if uh, Bukayo Saka leaves the club. And he could back up Andy Robertson as well. With, if Simikas uh, has to play because Robertson is injured, he could back up Simikas. He could play down the wing. He could play anywhere. He's a ver- one versatile player and he's one to look out for. Definitely uh, soon to be England international. I don't know if he has any England caps yet. I Don't hold me to that. Well, Saka this game, he brilliantly set up Orba Myung for the equaliser. Gabriel made a clumsy, clumsy challenge for a red card. And Nathan Redmond was so close as he hit the crossbar. Southampton deserved all three points. They were sensational this game. And Arsenal are atrocious. I asked one Arsenal fan their comments on the game. Simply said, red card messed them up. They looked good the second half, but were absolutely garbage in the first half. Next up, we have Leeds versus Newcastle United. So, in this game, Jeff Hendrick uh, ducks in a brilliant ball for 1-0. Bamford scored off the post with a header to make it 1-0. Rodrigo scored a sublime header to make it 2-1. Another header goal, this time by Kieran Clark. There was a lot of header goals uh, for some reason. And then we had Stuart Dallas scoring another header. Just too many people for Newcastle to defend against when Alioski scored and Jack Harrison scored. Yeah, sublime. Oh, that was sweet. What a sublime long-range goal from Jack Harrison. This is the Leeds we need every single week. Leeds, uh, they have a successful season. 13 games in, I can say they have a successful season because all they needed was safety. Because they've been outside the Premier League for so long. They finally got, I can safely say now, Leeds are not going to get relegated. For sure, Leeds are not going to get relegated. After the break, we shall be talking about Leicester versus Everton. Everton. They had one of the best transfer windows this season. They signed Alan. They signed Dukure. They signed Hannes Rodriguez. Ben Godfrey. Robin Olsen, that's, I think, all they signed. Uh, but they took on a Leicester City side who blew 
the champ uh, being in the Champions League, they were so close. But then last game week, last season, they lost to Manchester United by Jesse Lingard scoring and Leicester City could not qualify. In this game, Richarlison scored an outside-the-box goal. There was a fumble in the box which led to a Mason Holgate goal. Consistency is what is key for these two sides. If they want to become either title challenges, which is a bit of a stretch now, maybe in four to five seasons, that won't be such a stretch. And or European contenders on a regular basis. They're, they have really good results, but at the same time, they're also really inconsistent. Fulham took on Brighton next to other teams who are supposed to be battling for relegation as things stand, but they may have a really good uh, run at the end, back end of the season, which will uh, make them not uh, relegation candidates. Instead, top 10 candidates. Who knows? This season is so unpredictable. You have Manchester City and Arsenal underperforming. You have Southampton, Aston Villa. They are flying as things stand. Tarek Lemty delivered a low-driven cross, but no one received it. Even Cavallero scored. Uh, he didn't score. He had a decent-ish uh, effort from 25 yards out or so. Lewis Dunk had a header from a corner saved by Ariola. Adam Lalana is the one that actually scored, not Ivan Cavallero. But he, it was ruled off by VAR. Fulham had a penalty as well, but was also ruled out by VAR. Next was arguably the biggest game of this game week. It was Liverpool taking on Spurs. Firmino header was saved by Loris from a set piece. Salah had a curling effort which resulted in a goal by a deflection. Son scored from a counter-attack goal. Classic Jose Mourinho just sitting back deep and then just hitting them on the counter-attack. Harry Kane nearly scored a longer-range goal by Allison being out of position. But then Firmino, right at the death, scored from a corner kick. West Ham took on Crystal Palace. Benteke scored a superb header. And Sebastian Haller scored an outrageous overhead kick. This game ended in one all. Aston Villa took on Burnley next. I thought Dwight McNeil was outstanding within this game. We had a good save by Emmy Martinez from Woods' header. Pope saved a free kick. Good game. And for me, both Martinez and Pope were outstanding with, of course, the addition of Dwight McNeil. But I think the keeper's saves uh, really outshined uh, every the other 10 players and substitutes in this game. And the final game of Game Week 13 was Sheffield United taking on Manchester United. Dean Henderson facing the team that really put Dean Henderson on the mat of world football. And Dean Henderson had a howler, almost like a Christmas gift to Sheffield United, which led to a David McGoldrick goal. 
John Fleck was just wide from a fantastic play. Marcus Rashford, the man who always saves Manchester United, scored. Martial scored as well. Rashford, brilliant as ever, scored for the third. And David McGoldrick scored a consolation. Sheffield United really struggling. Uh, many people's Premier League predictions did not have Sheffield United fighting a relegation battle. But now here they are fighting a relegation battle. They really miss Dean Henderson. This season they miss the presence of Jack O'Connell as well this season. So, that was Game Week 13. After the break, it is Game Week 14, which kicked off with Liverpool absolutely obliterating Crystal Palace 7-0. Yes, that's right. Liverpool 7, Crystal Palace 0. Takumi Minamino's trickery gives him the first goal of the game and for Liverpool. A spin and Mane is the second. Robertson's beautiful ball allows Firmino to get his first and Liverpool's third. Henderson scores an amazing outside-the-box goal. A dink by Roberto Firmino for the fifth. Salah makes it six from the corner. And then Salah scores a Salah-level goal for the seventh. Liverpool absolutely wiped the floor against Crystal Palace. And this is a Crystal Palace side. That are not bad by any means. They are, in fact, a really decent side and a really tough opponent. Eberite Ezeer, Christian Benteke, although I think Christian Benteke was sent off in the game against West Ham, so he wouldn't be available. So my point has just become invalid. Apologies for that. Wilfred <laughs> uh, Zaha, Eberite Eze, Vincente Guaita, uh, and other fantastic players within that Crystal Palace squad. Patrick Van Anhold, just a couple to name out of a few really decent players. And Liverpool absolutely battered them. I could not believe it when once I saw this scoreline. Southampton took a Manchester City next game. Manchester City, the question... Football fans ask of Manchester City every single week, can we get the Manchester City who we loved watching two, two, three seasons ago or for two, three seasons before this Manchester City all of a sudden all of a sudden started coming about? The answer to this question was no. Southampton were brilliant this game. Raheem Sterling scored a Manchester City level goal. That was the only time we saw Manchester City play like Manchester City. City put in a shift uh, towards the caution side, which is a city we have seen in the past couple of game weeks. They tried uh, to score the perfect goal, which is absolutely annoying over Manchester City. Bernardo Silva. There was a point in the game where Bernardo Silva was two on goal. It was just him and the keeper. He squares it across to Real Baharis. I mean, what are you doing? You do not need to have five passes or six passes to score a goal. Just score the goal. Put it in the back of the net because that gives you the three points. That gives you... Uh, that doesn't give 
Liverpool a substantial lead at the top of the table. Well, that doesn't even give Spurs, Manchester United, Chelsea substantial leads above you. Yet, you are trying to score the perfect goal. At this point, Manchester City's main priority should be saving goals and putting the ball at the back of the net. They need Sergio Aguero back desperately. Everton took on Arsenal next. Oh, goodness me, Arsenal. Everton, they have come off impressive victories against Chelsea and Leicester City. Michael Keane scored an amazing... Uh, no, Michael Keane did score an amazing goal. What is it me saying people uh, scoring goals, but they didn't? He had an amazing crack at goal. It was Dominic Calvert-Lewin, as usual, who was about to score a goal. He sniffed it out, but actually was an own goal because I think it was Rob Holding had a touch on it before it went into the back of the net. Nicolas Pepe scored via the penalty spot and then Yuri Mina scored a header. Arsenal are atrocious. I mean, who would have thought if you talked about the Invincible squad that not that long after you have this Arsenal. This is a shambolic Arsenal. They're fighting for relegation. Uh, they're fighting a relegation battle. Not they're fighting for relegation. They obviously wouldn't want to be relegated. But they're actually fighting to stay within the Premier League at 13 game, 13 to 14 game weeks in. They're fighting for to stay in the Premier League. This is Arsenal we're talking about. How can this happen? I cannot believe what I'm seeing with Arsenal. They have nothing going for them. The Mesut Ozil sitting at home collecting money. He's an amazing creator. Bring back Mesut Ozil. And then you have some sort of creative out up front. Bukayo Saka cannot do all the creating on his own. He's a kid for crying out loud. I know there are many impressive youngsters, but you cannot depend on those many impressive youngsters unless your name is somebody like Kylian Mbappe. You cannot depend on these youngsters game in and game out. Mbappe as well has his few odd game weeks, but then he comes back in blistering form for the next 10. He does have his odd game weeks. Bukayo Saka will have Many odd game weeks considering the side he is around. You need a guy like Mesut Ozil. You need Emiliano Buendia. Why he wasn't bought uh, last transfer window. If he doesn't get bought in January, Arsenal are getting relegated. I'm calling it right here, right now. Arsenal do not have any creative output. They either need Mesut Ozil or another creative output. You know what? Let's head to a break. I can't be asked with ranting about Arsenal. We'll do injustice to Fulham and Newcastle, who we'll be talking about next. Enough Arsenal rant. Start with the Arsenal rant. We're moving on to Fulham versus Newcastle United. Miguel Almiron had Newcastle's first meaningful attempt. Matt Ritchie, much to Newcastle's disappointment, scored an own goal. And Joachim Anderson got a red card for Callum Wilson to get Newcastle level. Brighton took on Sheffield United next. Trossard had a great run, nearly leading to Brighton breaking the deadlock. 
David McGoldrick nearly scored from a free kick with an amazing save by the keeper. And uh, Stevens drives a shot wide. Jaden Bogle scored on his Premier League debut. Danny Welbeck equalized and last ditch defending by Sheffield United uh, meant that the Blades will be getting the second point of this season's Premier League. Sheffield United is arguably one of the more disappointing sides this season alongside Arsenal. Leicester City took on Tottenham Hotspur next. Kasper Schmeichel saved a Harry Kane free kick. A penalty because of Aurier pushing Fafona, which should have been a penalty. Jamie Vardy scored from the spot. Madison had a goal ruled out, which should have been ruled out. Good work there by VAR. And then all the virals deflection made it 2-0. Spurs win the two matches look extremely bland. I don't know if we are title contenders. But they are more of a title contender than the next team who smashed Leeds United 6-2. And I'll give you my reasoning why. Manchester United versus Leeds United. Scott McTominay scored outside the box early. McTominay doubled the lead really quickly. Bruno Fernandes tripled the lead for 3-0. And Victor Lindelof quadrupled the lead for 4-0. Liam Cooper scored to make it 4-1. However, Daniel James scored to make it 5-1. Bruno Fernandes scored from the spot to make it 6-1. And then Stuart Dallas scored a consolation to make it 6-2. They're still not title contenders. They're still not the closest threat to Liverpool. Because in this game, Leeds United play. If Leeds United had played how they normally play, this game would not have been 6-2. And you might be saying, oh, but Leeds United played how they normally played. Leeds United do not play with Calvin Phillips man-marking the opposition team's main creator. Calvin Phillips man-marking Bruno Fernandes led to this plethora of space being open in which Manchester United just harassed that space, allowing them to score six. I wasn't surprised that it wasn't... I was was surprised that it wasn't 10-2 or something like that. It could have easily been 10-2. But still, Manchester United, if that space wasn't afforded to them, they, this game would not have been 6-2. But they do, do get the wins when they need to, but they still get a way of being title contenders and a way of being the closest to Liverpool without a shadow of a doubt. Next game week against Leicester. Uh, I'll, my predictions for next game week are coming up soon. Uh, I'm going for a Leicester win. Spoilers ahead. I don't think Manchester United are going to win that game. West Brom took on Aston Villa next. Uh, Traore score, uh, scored a goal in this game. Traore also assisted a goal for El Ghazi to score. El Ghazi also scored from the spot. Jake Livermore got a red card and Ollie Watkins had a goal ruled out. Burnley versus Wolves. Here, Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood scored and Fabio Silva scored from the spot for a consolation. And Chelsea versus West Ham. Thiago Silva scored an 
outstanding goal. And then Tammy Abraham scored the other two for a 3-0 win. Well, that was game week 13 and game week 14. After the, the final break, we shall come back with game week 15's predictions. Game week, uh, what is it, 17? No, 15. Predictions time. Uh, we start off with Leicester City versus Manchester United. Arguably one of three big games this coming up this game week. Uh, so we have uh, Manchester United with Bruno Fernandes, Marcus Rashford, Anthony Martial, Edinson, Cavani. Daniel James, Mason Greenwood versus Leicester City's NDD, uh, Madison, Vardy, uh, Schmeichel. I'm going to go for a Leicester City victory here. Uh, I don't think Manchester United are tough contenders. And I don't think Manchester United are really good enough yet to say that they uh, it's an easy win against this Leicester City side. Have been one of the underdogs when it comes to uh, the con- uh, contending for Europe spots. So Leicester have nothing to lose this game, and I don't think Manchester United are still under the right manager. I think when Oli needs a win, Oli gets a win. But when you most expect Oli to get a win, Oli uh, has shocking results. They were knocked out against Leipzig when they most needed the win. They didn't get it, uh, and I think they're gonna get. Uh, they're gonna lose against this Leicester City side. Then we have Aston Villa taking on Crystal Palace. Aston Villa coming off that victory against West Brom, and Crystal Palace coming off that seven-nil thrashing against Liverpool. I think. Crystal Palace would have just too many scars from that 7-0 to deal with that I'm going to go for an Aston Villa victory. Fulham take on Southampton next. I'm going to go for the Southampton victory. Ralph Hassan Hootel's side, I'm really impressed with this season. They have really good players. Theo Walcott's on form. James Ward-Prowse is on form. Che Adams is on form. Interesting to see what will happen with Danny Ings. I'm not quite sure how injured he is from that game against Manchester City. Hopefully not too injured. Wish Danny a speedy recovery. Hopefully he can come back soon and perform how he did last season. Arsenal versus Chelsea. Easier. Chelsea victory. I'll be so, uh, If Arsenal win, Chelsea should consider it an upset for, on my behalf. Manchester City versus Newcastle. Another easy uh, result to predict. I'm going to go for a Manchester City victory. Newcastle against big teams. They just seem back too much for me. Everton versus Sheffield United. I'm actually going to go for a draw here. I think Chris Wilder knows if he doesn't get uh, another five or six points before uh, the January transfer market comes about, it's going to be very difficult to close that gap. Carl Ancelotti has, of course, come 
from three impressive victories against Leicester, Chelsea, and Arsenal. But I think Sheffield United will put in a real uh, fight here. And I think this is going to be a draw. Leeds United versus Burnley. One really good defensive side versus one really good attacking side. This is going to be a fixture to watch. Probably one of the fixtures I am going to watch this game week. And I'm going to go for a late victory here. West Ham against Brighton. Uh, a West Ham victory. West Ham have been impressive. I, pre- I predicted West Ham to go down, in fact. And West Ham are proving me wrong. Liverpool versus West Brom. Uh, Liverpool victory. And Spurs versus Wolves. I'm going to go for a draw this game. So that was my Game Week 17 predictions. Hopefully, all of you guys enjoyed this podcast. Episode 1 of the 90-minute waffle. This has been your boy, Hamza. Uh, it has been a pleasure. Episode 1. Please share this podcast with, with people who are interested in football, with people who are trying to get into football. Uh, happy holidays for people uh, who are celebrating Christmas. Um, we shall come back after game week 15. Let's see how many of my predictions come true.